Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, just Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Another awesome, exciting episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy. Today, I got Mike with me. Mike, man, how's it going? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, and hello. <laughs> How you doing, man? So far, so good. Still surviving. Just a big old storm that just happened earlier, not too long ago. Finally stopped, and um, I'm still alive. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, and thank you. Yeah, that's always good, man. Um, So, before we start talking more horror, like we just were... Why don't you tell everybody about your YouTube your YouTube channel? Uh, I host and own a show called The Movie Raid, a.k.a. The Movie Raid Show, which is an all-genre film-based show, which has many, many film artists, pre-recorded phone interviews, with every film artist from every type of genre, every type of uh, background, from stuntman, from director, from producer, actor, and so forth. And it is currently on YouTube and Vimeo. That's V-I-M-E-O. Uh, dot com and then of course YouTube, which you just simply type the movie raid, all one word. You'll find you'll find a movie called the raid, of course, or, or the raid too. But just type all out on one word, the movie raid, and you'll find my logo up there. Click on it, and if you happen to like what you hear, do hit subscribe, and every bit of support truly helps as well. And check this guy's stuff up uh, too. I've heard. I see. I listened to um, quite a few of your interviews. I believe it was last week. Whatever day I told you I was going to do it, that following day I ended up doing it. I was listening to them at work on, over on YouTube, and you have some you have some really good interviews, and then you get a lot of people on there, like some big names on there, and I'm like, this is this is so freaking cool. How does that come about? Uh, as far I mean, if you don't mind me asking. Um. Well, okay. It's uh, um. It's sorry. Uh, it's kind of allergy season, but um, it's, it's, uh, I'm going to shorten, shorten it down. It's actually a little bit of a long history, but really, it's, it's really not that much of an interesting history. But basically, this show was actually on a syndicated radio show, podcast show, a long time ago, based in uh, California, online, of course. 
And um, we just couldn't find an actual, because on that show, we couldn't find a spot to really fit it. And I used to book musicians and, and film arts on that person's show at that time, mm-hmm. from 2006 to 2010. And in uh, the course of that, the sh- my, my show was actually bounced onto another station that was based out of Florida, which is actually, at that time, was an all-male station, but also placed that, uh, like, a, an added show to that. But unfortunately, the owner... Um, got rid of the station and everything along with it and basically my show was out alone so i took that show to to my own and i since then just kept going and kept going with it and uh, i didn't want the show to to die alone and uh, i'm going to keep it strong and this is to educate everybody that wants to know what the film industry is you can listen to these artists so that you get a general idea of what this is and, and how can you, you know, be more prepared and, and, and expect in this type of realm, especially today, especially if, you're, if you're already doing a short or whatever, you know, it's best to you know, listen to these guys that have quite a, a bit of experience so that you can really understand that this is not a fantasy. This is not a get-rich type of plan. This is not, and this is not definitely a, not a way for you to just, get your project out there and you think you're going to make it big or, or whatever for recognition you're not because it's, it's not easy man it's not going to happen right away and you know that, that's the sad thing but you know at least you'll be prepared for it so the show itself is uh it's, it's all genre based and everything in in channel about film and uh that, that, that's that's the beauty part of it it's, it's all variety about that and uh i've been doing this probably i guess technically 12 years in terms of interviewing and um, but man, it's been a blast, man. There's there's just tons of tons of people out there that I love talking to film wise, including even movie wise. I can talk to them all day, dude. And that's the best part because when you when you have like minded people and everybody the same common interest, man. You know nothing but positivity all around, and that's that's what makes everything go you know so so smooth in this aspect. So this show, um, I, it's very dear to me and. I invite every artist in the world to come on the show and discuss film and discuss their their experiences of how, of how it feels and what it makes how it makes them feel and their experience in this, these kinds of situations. Even the harsh times, it's more it's more sort of matters that's going on in film right now. I'm I'm with you on that, man. Like it's like you said, as far as the money thing goes, if you're trying to do this to make a bunch of money, <laughs> don't do that. It's just it's from the podcasting perspective, it's so freaking fun. It's so rewarding just to get other, just other fans for mine, for me in general, like you getting other fans of horror, just to discuss this genre and have a great, great time with it. Getting some stars from these movies on here and having a good time kicking back and talking for a little while. And it's just, um, Oh man. Yeah, definitely. It's, I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things where, I mean, obviously if someone was like, Hey, look, we want your show on our network or whatever, and we'll pay you this, you're going to do it. You're going to make sure, look, I have 100% of my rights, but you're going to do it. But, I mean, at the same time, this is just a hobby for me. And if I had to keep doing this as just a hobby and never made money off it, I'd be happy. I'd be a lot happier if I made money off it. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't say no to money. Who would? But at the same time, it's just such a fun passion. I never looked into this to make money and to get rich or whatever i just looked into this as hey look you know what i want to do a horror podcast i have a horror facebook page i just want to have some fun with this 
and see where it goes. And I'm having so much fun with this. Like I got to be, I got to be on a panel last October, the kind I was telling you about, the Scarecon where I met uh, Ken Sagos. I got, mm-hmm. I got to be on a panel with uh, the cast from Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, which was awesome. I was also on a few other panels with just other horror podcasters. I did one with me and a couple of my friends. And it was just so cool. And like with this con, they love the podcasters to come there and they'll give you they'll give the podcasters a free table, two media passes, and two chairs. Now, if I want extra media passes, which I did grab, I had to grab one for my brother. And, you know, you pay for that, which is fine. You pay for the power for your table, which is fine. But still, just to get that opportunity and then um this past June, they had I couldn't make it out to the con, but they had podcast awards at the same con, which I was nominated for, I believe, two. Didn't win them, but just, it was just honored just to be nominated for something like that. I think that's so awesome and so rewarding. And I'm not going to say it makes me want to drive harder or drive more because I'm, really, I'm not doing this for recognition. Yeah, I want more people to listen to my podcast. Yeah, I want more people to come on the podcast, but I'm not doing it to, like, I don't know. I'm just doing it to have fun at the end of the day. Again, whatever else comes with it, it's just an added bonus. Yeah, there's a lot of shows out there that, you know, that gain for the numbers and try to get the, the top guests on the show and stuff like that. And if it works for you, that's great. And whatever it is that you do for your show, uh, you know, I think that's awesome. If it works for you, it works for you. I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm not the type that's going to, you know, spread anything around or anything like that. I don't continue to, uh, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't scope out other shows. And I, I don't like that. It's like, no, I, you know, I, my opinion is we need to support each other. Mm-hmm. We need to uh, get out there and, and show the world that there's a lot other different kinds of entertainment aside from just getting that fame, getting trying to get paid and all that stuff. And my, my opinion is, is uh, uh, respect is earned and not for paid advertisements. Oh, I get, yeah, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. So who are, um, a lot, of, now a lot of the people that you interviewed, have you ever met any of them in person? Uh, no, I have not. I have not. Um, believe it or not, it's like some, uh, <laughs> uh believe it or not, some of the people I've actually met in reality were actually athletes like the WWE wrestling. <laughs> oh, no, that's cool too, though. That's cool too, man. But that was like I was like really young at that time. I mean, it's kind of funny though that it's like it's with wrestlers at that time and and all these actors that have been on the show. It's like unfortunately I'm in this state, like well, at least in my area, I don't have like cons and stuff that I would love to go and check out. And I would love to uh, talk out talk to a lot of horror fans out there and uh, any moviegoers and stuff. I would love to, but there's there is a convention here, but it's not the kind of convention that you you can just actually have a full on con. I mean, sure, they can um, get an event set up there, but uh, chances are it might not be as popular. But it'd be great for me because it's like literally like 10 to 15 minutes from, from my house. I'm like, I would love to go there, and I would love to meet everybody. And, and you know, it's just the atmosphere, man. That's, that's the best thing. If you can feel all that, that positivity, even, you know, when you're just talking to someone that, that's in the movies, you can, you can just generate the same kind of positive, positivity bouncing back and forth. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always a blast, dude. Oh, I agree. One million percent. It's, it's, it's like a, a different atmosphere when you're in that, when you're in those cons and stuff with all, all the other horror fans. And it's like, you could just walk up. Like there's been plenty of times where I'll be in line waiting to get an autograph or whatever. And there's a fan in front of me, fan behind me. 
hey, have you ever seen such and such a movie? Not, we're, we're, nine times out of ten, well, not nine times out of ten. There's a few times I'll say we're not even talking about the movie of, of the person we're going to get the autograph of. We're just talking about random horror movies in general. And it's just so cool how everybody just, like, with those cons, I'm sure it's with every con, but with those with the horror cons, everybody's there. I feel everybody that's there is really a horror fan versus, like, uh, Comic-Cons. I'm not going to say all Comic-Cons. I'm not going to say all people, but I've been to a few Comic-Cons, and sometimes I feel like the boyfriend drags his girlfriend there just to come to the con with him, but I feel like a horror convention is completely different atmosphere, com- completely different story as far as that goes. Like, everybody that's there wants to be there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I think and, and it's a really good, in a way, it's kind of a self-therapeutic thing. When I say by that, is the fact that here you go into an environment that you know for a fact that you're going to be accepted, you're going to be liked, no one's going to judge you for what type of movie you like, what kind of background of movies that you were grew up, growing up with. No, even if you were cosplaying, no one's going to judge you. No one's going to make an opinion about you. Everyone is just having a good time talking movies day, you know, throughout the entire day, meeting great people, and this is a kind of almost it's like it's like getting a breath of fresh air. It's like your your whole life is all crazy up, work, kids, whatever that you're going through, and you go to these types of events, you can unwind, forget about everything, and just simply just sit and talk. And and it's like it's like a really fun AA meeting. <laughs> Something like that, but you're getting your fix though. <laughs> At this, yeah, you get your fix on, man. You get your fix on, and it's it's, it's a truly positive. It's a, it's a great positive thing for everybody, and um, I really the thing there's a big difference between that and then when you're meeting people outside of that. Like you go to town and you're just randomly talking about a movie. It's like, hey, have you seen Dawn of the Dead? And you know, um, or, or an actor from Dawn of the Dead. It's like, is that the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, it's. <laughs> Horror is such a funny, crazy, weird genre as far as, like, I'll say as far as the fans go, because it seems, it's it's the most violent genre out of all of them, by far. And as far as the fans go, for the most part, they're, like, the friendliest people in the world. And if you're outside of that genre, you feel like, really, what? These guys are that friendly? They're watching all these crazy movies and about killing and this, that, and third, and they're that, not, like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's just how we are, I guess. It's you know. Well, it's about in my opinion. It's about like having to just let loose, and when you meet people like who are in just very, let's say, very good, um, let's say, sixties horror films and so forth, you you meet them and you think you're like a really cool guys. But it's 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 just something that it, it, like I said, it's almost a therapeutic thing. It's okay. This is where people say it's okay to be different because no one is going to say anything different about you because you go to. Uh, a public supermarket or something. Let's say you're wearing a, a Slayer shirt, but you have a day job at, you know, a, a, like, let's say delivering, you know, pizza or something. And you're, you're not that, you, you've done nothing in your life like that, but the thing is, someone else that you're looking at has a different identity for you, and, you know, until you talk to them, and like, oh, whoa, you know, I didn't know you were into, you know, golf or something, and you, you're wondering you are wearing a Slayer shirt, and, uh, like, a Jason Voorhees, uh, you know, baseball cap on and stuff, and, you know, if, if people will learn to accept that, accept what they are in terms of uh, what, based, just based on what movies they like, you know, you, you can make a lot of best friends, man. Oh, yeah, man. I've made so many connections and networked with so many people just from this podcast and my horror pages. 
and it's just it's so like i said before it's so fun like i don't do it again i don't do it to try to make money i just do it because it's fun i have a passion for it and i want to keep doing this like i don't ever want to stop doing this i don't ever want it to feel like a job which i don't think it ever will but i don't ever want to stop having so much fun like it's just so fun to just sit here and talk about horror all day and <laughs> watch these horror it gives you and it Another thing about this for me is, like, it gives me another reason to watch horror movies because it's like, okay, well, I have a podcast now, and if I have a guest on and they choose the movie, I have to, I have to watch this movie so we can break it down and review it. No matter how far into detail we, we do it, I still have to break it down and, you know, we'd have to break it down and do what we got to do with it. And it's fun. It's funny. It's, I don't know. It's just so great. It's so great. But it's also a little bit uh, of a cautious thing to do. When you're doing this and you love doing it, that's the best part of motivation is to, if you love doing it, keep doing it. If you think that you're kind of doubting yourself, don't doubt yourself. Don't ever doubt yourself. Because if you doubt yourself, then that means you're stopping yourself from doing what you love doing. And if you're doing that, then maybe you're, you should probably just reconsider of trying something else within the area that you love doing. And in, as far as training like a job, that's another thing you got to be careful about. Because if this happens to be, um, let's say people want to buy the show, I mean, actually come up to you and say, hey, we want to do with this show and da-da-da, and it, or at least invite you onto our you know, local network or something like that, then you, you know, you're going to have to put your foot forward and say, you know, this is my show, this is what I do, and I understand your terms. But, you know, you're going to have to fight for that because if you let that go, you let someone take it, you know, you basically let everything that you ever stood for go away. You, you gave it to them. And, and that's, and I understand that people need to live. We need, you know, <laughs> live off this money and stuff. But, you know, passion is, you can't, you can't beat that passion, man. Because uh, if you, like I said, don't ever doubt yourself. Don't ever think that you can't do it. You can do it, man. You can get this out there. It doesn't matter how small the podcast show doesn't, doesn't matter. Even if you have a small band, over time, every time you, you mention a word to somebody, someone else is going to say something else. Someone else is going to say something else. But it's going to, it's going to like snowball, man. Over time, it will become the way you want it to be. Because uh, I'm a firm believer that you're, if you're an artist, especially in, in this kind of art as well, um, the artist can choose whatever they want uh, of the creativity uh, of their art. So if, if it's a crap thing, it's a crap thing. If it's something beautiful, it's something beautiful to them. But to the person that's judging it, honestly, they, they don't have a, a, a big say in this because this is what they created. You can only see what's in front of you. You can't control the outcome of that. They can control the outcome. If they say it's crap, it's crap. If you say it's crap, well, that that's really just an, um, an open opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I really don't, like, I'm me, I'm the type of person I really don't, I don't go by what others say as far as, you know, my show and stuff goes. Yeah, it's good to get the good feedback, which I do get a lot of good feedback, which is great. But I don't do, you know, I just, again, I do it for me. I do it to have fun. I do it, you know, I've, I welcome a lot of people on here and all that stuff, too. Like, I do it just to, it's enjoy, it's fun, man. You know how it is. You record, you do your interviews and stuff, and you have a great time doing it. I can tell you, you have a passion for it. I can tell, by the way, you interview. You're not doing it just to, like, okay, let me just do this just to do it. 
No, it's like I'm doing this because it's freaking fun. I'm doing this because it's I have a great time doing this. I have a passion for it, and I'm good at it. You know? It's another hot... <laughs> A lucrative, lucrative career, man. Um, it's you know you could you could be doing this for fifteen years for fun, but you know at some point someone from an actual organization. And the, the thing is, don't wait for it. Don't wait for that big thing to happen. Uh, you just let it roll, man. And if somebody from a network or somebody in general from an organization, you know, takes notice, that I think that's a really awesome thing. But really, the big satisfaction in all of this is when fans of movies or even the artists themselves tell you straightforward of how much you like, how much they like your, your show or anything else that you're involved with, dude, that is like the best reward. That's better than money. That's, that having that kind of praise or a genuine praise from somebody that you don't know, that's not your friend, that's not your friend's friend or, or relative or anything, because I imagine that, that doesn't really count. I mean, that's great, but it doesn't really feel that you're getting that kind of appreciation for what you do, because in a way you're contributing to the entertainment industry and you're contributing your own way of how you want to get this out there and, and show what you, what you can do in, in terms of the, the film community because we need a more more genuine people like that and to get this out there and not just make it such a uh, mainstream, such a just purely you know entertainment basis, you know, point A, point B, done, and then let's see how, how many numbers we get out of this. And, and but to me, satisfaction is when fans love it, and if uh, artists really enjoy it, is when you get that get that positive comment. Just one, man. You know, yeah, you be on top of the world, man. You be on top of the world. That's that's the biggest satisfaction. That's the best fame that you. If you want to use the term fame, <laughs> that's the best fame you could ever get, man. And and, and you don't need money to to, get, to earn that kind of stuff. I agree, man. And you know what's you know what's funny. I know you did mention it's not the same when family and friends like it, which. I, I, it is, and I, I got a quick, quick, quick story, actually. Um, so my stepdaughter, one of her friends, I just found this out about a week ago, and then I was asking a friend about it yesterday, too. But one of her friends had been listening to my podcast for, like, the past six months. And what I guess what got her to check it out, I think that was the first podcast she's ever listened to. And what got her to check it out was she seen my wife and my stepdaughter, like, posted in my horror group. And so she would see the podcast thing in there and just went and listened to it and has been listening to it ever since. And I also went and checked out other podcasts, which is cool. But the funny thing about it is, like, she never put two and two together that it was my podcast until, like, again, until recently. This was, like, until, like, a week ago. I don't know if my stepdaughter told her or what. I believe she did. And she was just like, that's, she was like, that's so cool. Like, I was, <laughs> you know, like, you guys, she'll bring her son over sometimes. And she's like, you guys babysit my son and all this cool stuff. And I didn't even know that this was his podcast so i'm like yeah that's and for me it's rewarding and it's cool because it's like i'm i never like told her about the podcast and you know what i mean it's just you just heard you heard about it by looking at the page and just became a fan of it not because of who i am because you know my you know because you're good friends with my stepdaughter but because you really enjoy the show and then i've had other people just randomly send me messages or email well i you know i'll post in groups like hey Anybody that wants to come on the podcast, that's a horror fan, come on the podcast. It's not the third, but then I'll have people just message me like, "Hey, I heard your podcast." Not even seeing the um, my invites to the podcast and all that with my email and all that. Just like hearing it, like, "Hey, I heard about your podcast. I heard you like independent horror movies. I would like for you to check out my movie, or I would love to, you know, put it on the, you know, come on the podcast and promote it and this, that, and the third. And that, that to me is awesome because I'm like, 
this I'm just trying to make a little noise with this podcast and have some fun. And when that kind of stuff happens where it's just like random people from all over just, you know, again, shooting you emails, this, that, and the third, checking out your page, checking out your podcast, and enjoying it, I'm like, yes, that's... <clears throat> I'm not going to say that's the reason why I do the podcast, but it definitely helps. It definitely makes me work that much harder and have, you know, just try that much harder, I should say, with getting the show going out there, having a good time with the show and all that. And it's it's rewarding. So to everybody out there that listens to my show, to everybody out there that's ever been on my show and that's going to come on my show in the future, I got to say thank you to all, all of you guys because it's really rewarding and humbling. And it's it drives me in a sense because I have, again, I have so much freaking fun with it. It's it's the best. Yeah, and, and the problem is, the thing is, like with other companies, like if you were to present your show to other other radio stations or other known networks, they're probably not going to look at you too much because, oh, yeah, he's a small person, he's this and that. So, and that's the kind of thing you kind of want to stay away from. I mean, it's it's not really something you want to drive toward to. If you stay where you're at, the fact is when people are already you know, sending you, you know, like, so I'm posting messages on Facebook and stuff and saying how much you like, like your show and stuff like that, you know, stick with that because if you, it's, it's genuine, it, it's something that where passion is, is really the strongest because once you get more recognition toward, uh, well, it's not exactly recognition toward other companies because they're just doing it for, okay, what's marketable here? Mm, let's see where this goes. No, mm, that's not the right time for this. It's no different when, when uh, movie studios are doing the same thing with movies. If it's the right time or if it's, you know, like if they decide, oh, it's a good time to make a remake or this or that, or because if, if they're going to continue to, they're going to continue to watch it, and we're going to continue to keep making the stuff. And that's not how it is with, with, these, with some of these shows, um, like myself and as well as well as your show, it's not like, mm, let's say, this is good, I'm going to put this out here, and, and, and especially the, uh, the the tragedy card, which I call, um, in this case, um, where someone is going to be pulling some dirt off an artist or talk about a lawsuit or try to get more information about a lawsuit on an artist and stuff like that, and that's what I mean about... Uh, you know, really going the wrong way of things, having to gain, gain that recognition for everything. And it's, it's a terrible thing to do. And, and I understand what it is, but it's, it's a really thing, terrible thing to do. It, it makes it, it makes you look bad because it's none of your business, man. It's none of our business. It's between the artists and whatever it is that's going on in their life. If they had a bad marriage or whatever, they got pulled over drunk driver, or maybe they had a, 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 an incident on set with a director or something, that really heated type of moment, you know, don't bring that crap up um, that's the kind of thing you don't want to you don't want to have that kind of reputation man and reputation yes it is important but at the same time you shouldn't really rely too much about it you know just keep focusing on what you love doing keep focusing on how can you make your here's what i say about this don't focus on how to to, to be the best of whatever it is that you're doing focus on how can you be the best of yourself how can you be the best of what you do to show the world to show other people of what you do, you know, if you build Lego houses and then you end up being, you know, making uh, Lego towns, okay, great. Show the world that you can do this. Show the world that you can bring art to, to such a new extent of life and, and bring that out there. It's the same thing with these shows, man. Show us, you know, we, we want to show you that there's 
so much out there, so many, so many great talent out there uh, in terms of film, so many uh, awesome movies that are coming out from fan films to independent films. Like it, the variety is endless, guys, and we, you know, this is something that we don't get paid for. I, I don't get paid for this, man. And the fact is that when you have this dedication, the passion, again, like I said, I said this a couple times, but when you, that is such an important thing. We, we're, I see this, that it's kind of losing in some some places in the entertainment industry like that. And, you know, I don't put myself into this kind of category, even though, it is, you know, it's kind of labeled that way. But it's, uh, my show is kind of more undergroundish in a way. But uh, that, that's the kind of thing. When, when it comes to that kind of aspect of things, uh, it can change even a podcaster's way of thinking in terms of getting their show out there, in terms of, uh, getting other artists on the show or whatever it is that they're doing. You can't change it because now you're going to eventually get a big head, big ego, and then, you know, if it works for you, okay, cool, that's fine. But, like I said, respect is, is more likely earned than anything else, especially for moviegoers. You know, you I say this from artists or podcasts or whatever, prove that you can do this. Prove that you can show the world what you're made out of. Same thing with bands, man. Prove that you can... You can show your art. Show, show, display your art the way you want to. And then, and again, the pass and the drive, that, that's where it's at. Don't focus on the whole fame and, and you know, being recognized as da 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 in the list of all the greatest art things. That's just, that's just a little reward, man. It's, rewards will come by as you go, no matter what you do, man. It, I think we can all succeed. It's a win-win. No one should be hating each other on anything. You know, you can express your opinion about anything, but please, man, you know, this is something that we should all support each other in, no matter what it is, from film, you know, the sports, and so forth. And, and um, yeah, we, can all, we can all benefit from success on everything. There is no can't. I agree. I definitely agree with that, man. And it's just... I gotta thank you for coming on, too, man. This is, this is, this is fun. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good uh, conversation we're having right now. And, um, I don't know. I just got off drugs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I told you before, before we started recording, I was like this. It's a random. We get real random on this podcast, and you know, shooting out some gems is always a good thing. But uh, I'm gonna ask you. So, my first question. Well, I don't know if it's my first question, but I have a question. Two question. Two parter question for you. It is, who or what got you into horror, and what's the first movie you remember that scared you as a child? What got me into horror, man? I don't even, to be honest, I don't even know how I even ended up enjoying horror. Um, like, I was a kid, I vaguely remember many things, but I definitely remember Child's Play scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Child's Play, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was watching it, you know, what, there's a scene where he was uh, going into that guy's house and turning the oven on and stuff. I'm like, oh, no. He's like, I, he had his knife and stuff on, and I'm like, man. That, that yeah yeah that scared the crap out of me. But over, over time, I I, be, I started to enjoy it. Like you know, from especially zombie films. I absolutely love zombie films, and uh, I'm a big fan of of zombification of how of the zombies move, how they react, and so forth. But in terms of like horror as a whole, whole man, it, it's a fascinating thing because you know from it brings so much out of you. It's not just from fear. It's like makes you think about a lot of things. It's from you know, what could happen in your own house to what could happen in reality, and <laughs> yeah. and it definitely sells, sells you the point of what it's doing, regardless of it's a killer doll or a killer uh, ghost or whatever entity that you're coming across. That's true. That's true, man. And it's, um, for me, 
it's uh what got me into it as far as i can remember is i have i have older brothers and older cousins and my one older brother and my older older cousins they were in the horror when they were kids they're old like i said they're a few years older than me so me being the youngest one at the time i'd always want to do what the older guys are doing what the older kids are doing and i would follow them around and stuff and when it came time to watching horror movies they would let me watch them but i couldn't you know, there's no crying no waking my whoever's house we were at no waking that mother up that mo- my mother or my or our aunt up or whoever and trying to sleep in the bed it's like look you you know if you have to sleep with a light on it's whatever but don't be waking them up and getting us in trouble because we let you watch this movie and it started from there like i said because you always want to do what they're doing and like the first movie that i remember that i remember I, i'm not necessarily sure if it's the first movie that scared me but the first movie i remember that scared me was creep show part two um the hitchhiker and the whole thanks for the ride lady all that stuff i don't know what it was about that that scared me but <laughs> That got to me as a kid, and your mind just races as a kid. Your imagination goes wild. And I was I was at the point, man, where I was so freaking scared that, like, when the, when the movie was over, I had to have that one of them, I don't remember which one it was, because it probably happened multiple times, walk me to the bathroom, to use the bathroom, wait outside the bathroom for me, and then, you know, once I'm done in there, you know, go back and watch another horror movie or finish that movie. Like, I was that into it, and it just drove from there to... Watching it with my well, my one my one brother lives out in Colorado now, and like with my with my younger brother and my younger cousins, like we just all came up together watching horror movies back in the days where you can go to um, like Blockbuster, Super Video, Screen Gems, any you know any of those names, rent a movie, and it was always it was always we can rent one to two movies maybe or a movie in a game, and we'd always get one to two movies or maybe two movies in a game. I forgot what it was exactly. But we always get a movie or two in the game, and it would always be horror. And it just grew from there to pretty much where it is now. And I still have, like, I have a bigger passion for it now because I understand it a lot more now, but I still have that love. And I still have those memories of when I was a kid, like, watching Jason's my favorite slasher of all time. I remember back as a kid, it would always come on the USA Network. Of course, it cuts out all the good scenes. But... Every Friday the Thirteenth, that movie's on for that whole weekend, and I'm watching that every single time. I can. I'm right in front of the TV watching it, and that just got me hooked even more. That's probably what made slashers my favorite genre because I was so used to seeing them because that's like what was out back then. Now there's so many more types of you know there's so many more types of horror movies, and it just it grew from there. And now I have a, a freaking podcast for it, which is something. I have a podcast, a YouTube page, Facebook group, and all that stuff for it, and. It just it makes my passion even stronger for it because now I've, I'm like, now I have a legitimate reason to watch these crazy ass horror movies because I get to discuss them with other fans on my podcast. Yeah, and the, the fact that uh, you know horror and every every genre genre has become such a significant part of our lives in so many ways and the thing is when horror is when you, when especially as someone that's not really into horror or even that kind of film you know you mentioned the word horror the you I, you know other people instantly think that oh well okay that's violence that's gore that's this and that and that leads to behavior of of, of criminals and serial killers no not necessarily it's the fact is that it's almost like if you were playing video games, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, whatever video games you want to play, you want to unwind, you want to be immersed in the story, you want to 
be a part of that. You want to find out what's going to happen next or where, where it's going to take you. And the horror is just a, a, an awesome, it's very, I think it's more powerful than anything else because here it is, you're almost like rediscovering some things about yourself when you're watching these horror films like, oh my God, I didn't know I'd be so scared over a cat wearing a, a pink tutu that has fangs. Mm-hmm. I'd watch that. I'd still watch it. I'm open to every film, man. And that's the thing. When you're, especially today, the today's uh, marketing, so to speak, on horror films. Yeah, of course, there's the remake thing. There's the reboot thing. There's just rehashing the same thing over and over. But the thing is, if you're going to go watch it, they're going to keep making it, and making it, and making it. But uh, the thing is, when you're watching all these all these awesome films, uh, you, you get that instant memory of that original film, the original Pet Cemetery. You may not agree with this, the story and, and and some of the plots and stuff like that with it, but the fact is, it's that memory that that is the most important. That you remember what happened. You know, it's like the Exorcist. Holy crap! Was that like really <laughs> over the line? type of, in terms of cinema, in terms of the public, and they really freaked the crap out of everybody at that time, really messed with somebody's head, and, you know, it, that's where horror does its job. It, it's supposed to scare the crap out of you. It's supposed to get more out of you uh, from your own your own self than, than anything else, and I think it's really fantastic. It, it's, it's, really fa- it's almost like a science experiment with horror films. You, you see how people react. And this, let's say the most normal person in the world is watching a horror film, and they get in, uh, some kind of a general interest. Let's say they're watching, um, you know, Cabin in the Woods. It's, it's comical and horror. And then they get into Scary Movie, which is more comical and does have horror. And then they get into more more of the comical and stuff. And like, see, then you're generating more interest. Now you're interested in something that you like horror, but you're veering off into a mixture of the same type of genres. Agreed, man. I definitely agreed with that. I, I I can't I can't tell you how much horror really means to me because it's just like like I was saying I go to these cons um and just growing up my childhood like my brother my wife's in the horror so it's just like something we do I'll give you another example for like uh Friday the 13th me and my wife will watch the, we'll do a marathon of that for that weekend Halloween we'll do a marathon of that and like when we watch when we watch horror movies, as far as, like, the franchises go, we'll start from the very first movie and watch that whole franchise. It won't be, okay, I want to watch Nightmare on Elm Street and then hop onto a whole different series. Like, no, we're going to watch this whole series. Even if it takes us a week, two weeks, we'll watch the whole series. And I just love that. I think it's just so fun. And, it, like I said, again, it brings you back to your childhood when it comes to stuff like that. And it's very rewarding, you know? It is. It's it's great. It's just really awesome art to see this on screen, to experience it. And today's, unfortunately, today's events and stuff like that. Now there are people out there that are trying to, uh, you know, they're expressing more of a, a, a criticism than the actual complaint about the recent toxic films that's being made because they don't want to see a, you know, a dead. 15-year-old girl that got raped or whatever, they, you know, especially if it's a horror film or whatever, they don't want to see, you know, an elderly person being ripped to shreds by, you know, uh, let's say a demon clown or something like that. This is the, the fact is, it's a different scenario in life. I mean, life itself is filled with horrors. I don't understand why you complain about this, why you don't want it to be further uh, promoted 
in reality, even though it's ongoing, no matter how you see it. So, you know, there's no reason to protest that on these types of films, horror or anything else that, that could potentially be a sensitive matter. Because that's the point of this. It's supposed to make you feel unease. It's supposed to make you feel like um, like you, you can't be safe. And that's the point of the whole thing. It's supposed to scare you, and it's supposed to be fun, too, in its own way. It's supposed to, there's so many things. It's supposed to show you that there's so many different types of stories out there of uh, all these characters going through these kind of things. And, you know, it's like I said, the story, it just it immer- makes you immerse so much into these stories. And like, like so you mentioned Crude Show and stuff, I love the anthology type of storylines, too. I think, like, what happened to this person and so forth. Like, you know, it's like you mentioned about, you know, the guy that says, thanks for the ride, lady. It's like, dude, that's pretty scary on its own. Like, never pick up high hitchhikers. That's one that <laughs> makes you learn lifelong lessons as that's well. True. Don't ever pick up a hitchhiker because you might come back to life. <laughs> that's very true with that. And, yeah, you mentioned anthologies, man. I freaking love them. Like, I want to find more anthologies because they're just – I didn't even – as a matter of fact, with the anthologies, I didn't even know the term until recently. I believe I heard the term on another podcast or whatever. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And then they said they let, and I'm just like, holy shit! I was like, I've watched a few anthologies, didn't even know what the hell, didn't know I was watching an anthology. I thought it was just three different movies on one day, on one disc, and somehow they connect. But um, yeah, those those are so great, and I feel like another huge thing with horror, especially nowadays, is you have a lot of the independent horror films, the independent indie horror filmmakers, and all that stuff. And I feel like it's one of the easiest. I'm not gonna. This I don't mean this in any disrespect, but I feel like it's the easiest genre to do an independent horror, an independent movie for, because you can do it on a low budget versus like I'll say like a superhero movie, like similar to like a Marvel or DC movie, or a big big action movie. You need you need those visual effects in your movie for it to work in a sense. With horror, you can use you can literally use a mask from freaking doll, the dollar store if you wanted to. And make it an entertaining horror movie. And I just love how... I love how these independent horror filmmakers are just picking... I mean, they're doing really good... They're doing better than what I just described. I'm just using that as an example. But they're doing really good things. They have really good stories. The cinematography is great. And they're just... I love it, man. I just love that fact that you have so many more options of watching horror. And I've said this before. I got it from my brother, Henry. Shout out to him. And I'll say it again. I forgot the exact words he said, but pretty much independent horror is like the backbone of horror now. They come out with all the fresh ideas, and you have to start somewhere. And, you know, the indies where you're starting, some end up blowing up and getting to Hollywood. A lot don't, which either way, it's still great because they make some excellent, excellent movies. And I definitely feel like if you're a big fan of horror, even a casual fan of horror, you should definitely check these fan-made films out. And these independent horror films out because they do a really, really, really good job on you know what they do with these movies. Well, independent horror films or independent films as, as well, there's, there's ups and downs with it. Okay, you get first of all, you get your vision out there a lot easier than to get a, an actual studio because you're more restrictive when it comes to another actual studio. But when you're by yourself, so to speak, have your own company and it's not really big budgeted or anything like that, you can play with a lot of things mm-hmm. and not worry about who's going to tell you otherwise and having to get this vision out there. And, it, and it's great 
I think it's a great showcase to display of the type of actors that you that you have on your film, uh, in, in, in the horror or whatever genre. I think it's a fantastic way to uh, to really see what kind of um, what kind of things that these actors can do. What kind of what type of act? What kind of type of director can this person provide their vision toward, toward the public and, and where it's going? And having to, there's so many, so many positive things about independent. I know that to to the larger companies, independent is kind of a dirty word in its own way because they don't want to take a risk on an independent filmmaker or independent film. And, and of course, it is all about risk. But they they're more about saying, hmm, let's see if this is really gonna pick up pick up on whatever, depending on what it is. But when you're independent, you can pretty much free flow pretty much have have the, your own creativity and how to how to get it out there. But at the same time, it's going to be really rough. You're, you might not get the backup support in terms of financial things. You might not get the backup support support by doing this because it's really going to take a lot of effort doing this. And even if your movie happens to be you get on DVD, it, you're going to wait wait a long time unless you get a deal with, with a distributor to get your disc out there. Otherwise, you're just going to end up streaming up on YouTube or stream up on other online sites. It's not a bad thing. If you really want to extend it out there, you're, you're, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of pushing involved with this. But it's not a bad thing at all. Independent films are, are making really good strides, especially horror films. There's so many uh, interesting like plots. And again, you don't have to uh, like every one of them. I mean, there's there's some things that I I, I got disagree with on certain aspects of things. But the fact is that they're still doing this and they're still putting this out there. It, it, it's a test run. They, they're, they're, it's almost like a pilot. You know, you, you want to see what, where is it going to go. Like, and especially, yeah, hey, we're going to make a, a second film. And it's, you know, if you don't like the first film, we're going to fix what we did, what we didn't do in the first film, and do it in this film. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot a lot of these guys that do that. In, in the horror genre, yeah, it, it, like you mentioned, it is a little bit easier in terms of performance. It, like, what I mean by performance, it's a little bit um, more more to bring out in the dramatic aspect in terms of acting to get that out there to to really see the real, you know, like real sheer terror, sheer of everything. And, and for the most part, I'm not saying all independent films like display that entirely. But it does. It's a really good practice. It's really good. It's a good start in this genre for sure. And and now that horror is a huge, huge community, and it's it's definitely um it's definitely something to have to have fun with. But at the same time, you when you're independent, you really need that need that extra oomph, that extra support. Or like there's a lot of a lot of these guys are doing a you know fundraisers and kickstarters and stuff like that just to to gain that momentum just momentum to get the money that they need just to make decent effects or anything that they're doing and that's great but at the same time you know these guys are not getting the support that they need and uh, it's really rough it's, it's like i said I, I bring it back to the the music aspect in terms of the band here you're making a demo right mm-hmm. and you're making a single but then you post the single of let's say three tracks on the internet and, or you, let's say you do make a seven-track record, right? Okay, you put that up online, and you have a lot. You have that for free for streaming. You, you know, you don't charge or nothing. But guess what? You just gave away your entire disc. You just gave away, you know, basically, your entire album 
that you're displaying and you're not like giving some leeway trying to put money back into that project so you can make better product. I, I hear you there, man. And I think back to the independent thing, I think a really good thing that they do as far as when they do release their movies on YouTube, it's good because it's on there, but they do it for free or whatever. And it gets a lot of eyes on there. Like a, a good example is never hike alone. That right there has, I don't know how many views it has as of right now, but it got a, a ton of views. And then at the same time, they're getting ready to make a second one. They're going to start another Kickstarter for the second one soon. And fan, like I'm one of the, I wasn't lucky enough to back the first one, but I did get in there in time to get the Blu-ray, which was just awesome. And I'm the type, like if I'm a fan of the movie, if I get, to, like, if I get to see it, I'll back it. If I don't get to see it, I'll back it. But I just got the I got the opportunity to see this movie, so I backed it. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I loved it. And I'm like, you know what? I want this on Blu-ray. And, you know, I was lucky enough to get the Blu-ray. And hopefully I can get a freaking Ghost Jason mask when they start making those again. I know they're way behind on that, though they have a lot of orders to do on that. But, um, yeah, man, I just, I love, I love horror in general. I'll watch any horror movie. I'll give any horror movie a chance at least once if I like it. I like it. If I love it, I love it. If I don't, hey, it happens. Well, yeah, everybody's entitled their own opinion. Even if it's, if it's just a, a well-known franchise type of film, whether it's a franchise actual film like from an actual known studio, or if it's a fan film, and that, that that's it, you, you're entitled to every every bit of your opinion, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's long as you know, be civil about it. But you know, express why you dislike it, and you know that that's cool. It may not be your taste. It may not be your forte, so to speak, for this type of film, but other people may like it. There's always other people that will love this film. And, you know, even if a film gets really cheesy or maybe not as much dialogue or backup in the storyline, but has a good tone to it, you know, and having a good uh, a good rhythm to it. And that's great. And, and that actually can formulate uh, you know, a sequel of the whole thing. That's great having to post your entire movie like that if you don't have the kind of money that you need that you post it up on YouTube just to see how well this is going to go, which is great. That, that, it, it's great on its own on that part, having put that up on, like, on YouTube or any other website like that to display that now, you know, now's the time to see what general interest of how much can generate so you can you know, focus on trying to make another film or something related to that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? I guess we can kind of dive into this movie a little bit. We don't have to go too crazy with it. We don't have to go too deep with it. But uh, the Critters movie, Attack of the Critters. How did you feel about this movie? Well, I was pretty excited, like, when I saw the trailers and stuff like that. Um, like, of course, that's kind of a given. Everyone does. But I was checking out, the, when I first saw the trailers, I was like, all right, that's cool. And then, um, you know, introduced a... Uh, uh, speaking of which, you guys haven't seen this movie, go watch it. Otherwise, I'm going to be telling you everything about this movie right here, right now, including the ending. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> uh, go, go ahead, man. Uh, Do it. So, um, starting with what, what showed in the trailer, okay, they showed this female critter. And yep. um, I was like, okay, that's something, that's a new element. That's something I've not seen in the previous critter films. And, and keep in mind, I, I grew up with critters, man. I really did. And I loved it. I, I think they're so awesome. Um, the, the critters themselves, I love the, the animatronics, the actual practical effects of them. Fantastic. They look, they look creepy. They look like they can tear your face off, which they do. 
And I love their, their communication, with, you know, their language stuff as these little aliens. And it's really fun. It's like Gremlins, man. Those are the, they're such two, two best fun films ever in terms of uh, animatronics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But back to, back to this movie. Um, so, so I finally wait on the Blu-ray, right? And I'm like, all right, cool. I can't wait to see this. And Dee Wallace, of course, is in this, in this movie. And uh, a very sweet person and very awesome actress that, you know, God, man, and she has not failed once to me, in my opinion, on all their all their films in terms of horror as well. But in this film, yeah, she she's a badass. So, uh, you know, she's got this big old gun, and she just blasts the crap <laughs> out of these uh, critters. But in terms of the story, um, I, honestly, I, I, it seems like they're setting up for a possible sequel, maybe a TV series for this film, because it wasn't what I expected it to be in terms of, like, you know, the hype about it. I was actually a little disappointed into it, and because, and first of all, like I said, Dee Wallace is great. That's, that's one of the big positive aspects. Dee Wallace is back, the character's back, but not much to the character that she brought from that in mm-hmm. this film that I would have liked to see and extenuate in this film, uh, as far as her part goes, or the character goes. But um, the story with this is, of course, critters come back, they land on Earth, they breed, they eat, they kill, and so forth, just like you, if you have seen critters, then you know what I'm talking about. And, and, and to, me, it's, to me, it just seems like they're just, they just want to make it because they really like critters, and that's not really wrong, but um, I, don't, I feel that there's a lack of story in this, in this movie. Either they're setting up for a sequel or TV series for this, or it's just a, a really severe, in my opinion, severe lack of story to it because like i was hoping for bounty hunters to be in this movie i really was i was so hoping like charlie would come back i was so hoping like yeah i I think there should have been more action sequences in the story there's and to me we just okay we follow the critters which is great which is more than what we're used to in the other critters that's great we see how they you know eat and breed and stuff like that but at the same time i just feel like we're not getting enough out of this, we're not getting enough action sequences between the critters, the humans, and yes, the queen. I guess which D. Wallace's character Aunt D in this movie, mm-hmm. she says, you know, that she's basically the queen, which is not really fully explained in the movie at all. We just know it's a female uh, critter, and you know, these kids find her, which the kids are like the main involvement in the film. But to me, I'm like, as I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, what's this critters? female critters, you know, uh, Bianca, that's what they called her. Um, I'm like, what is Bianca's real purpose in this film? Like, what, what is what is she catered to these critters? And, you know, um, they, in my opinion, they, they kind of missed the mark with this critter because we don't see her do much of anything except off-screen, meaning that, okay, we see the fact that she really tore up uh, this critter in the house that they were, you know, after they fixed her, her head with the iodine and stuff. And man, it's it's funny though. But we see that you know she's a brutal little little thing. But like later on in the movie, like come to the end, we don't see her do much of anything but sit there, mm-hmm. but to look cute. And I'm like, I was disappointed. In that. I'm like, why didn't why didn't we have more action sequences of her just ripping the crap out of these critters? Why were they why were these critters so focused on the kids? Um, I mean, I understand they focus on the kids. They want to eat them. They want to you know they. That's what they do. But at the same time, these critters know and smell and, and feel where this 
this uh, the, the queen, Bianca, the, the critter, was at. It's not like they didn't know where they were at, where she was at. They, yeah. Why did they attack her? That that was my question about that. Like, why why didn't the, the, the queen one, why didn't she go after her? If she, D. Wallace's character says in the movie that, you know, she was there, that Bianca was there to protect, you know, uh, keep the critters from taking over the world or whatever. And I feel that, you know, she really didn't do much at all. She just sat there in a room and just looked cute. And, you know, yeah, she's, she was capable of, of, of beating the crap out of these critters, but there was no battle sequence. There was no, there's no, there was no real battle sequence between D. Walsh's character and the critters. We just saw her. She brought up big gun and shot this big, rolling ball of uh, critters, and that's it. You know, shot a couple of them, and that's it. And she just, you know, I think that, I, I think it lacked in, in terms of where there's, you know, more characterization and more more of the story. Action sequences the most. That's where that where I was mostly disappointed is there should have been more action sequences in terms of between the battle of critters, D. Walsh's character, and Bianca, the so-called queen of Twitter, because... That was pretty cool. In my opinion, that was—I thought that was the focus of the movie, which I felt that it wasn't the focus of the movie. Unfortunately, it was just these kids. You know, they find the critters and so forth, and you know, they terrorize. They—they they, they run around to this college campus, and you know, it's just I, I think, in my opinion, story-wise, to me, it kind of lacked a little bit. I think they could have stretched a little bit further in terms of action sequences, the most, and also to point out that. Um, Critters are known, and they really are in a jam. They will shoot out their talons or spikes or whatever you want to call it from their actual bodies, and it penetrates the person. And that is supposed to poison the person and knock them out, which is dedicated in the earlier sequel of uh, where Dee Wallace's character gets hit one of these and, and so forth. And uh, they get poisoned. They're supposed to be knocked out or at least you know weak enough to the point where the critter can actually just pounce on them and eat the crap out of them. But the problem is, in this movie... It doesn't display that. Sure, they use the talons. Sure, it penetrates the person's body. But then they act like it's like apparently nothing happens. I mean, I understand these are baby critters in a way. Even though they're full grown, they look they're, they're pretty mean. But at the same time, um, I thought that was the purpose of that. I mean, what was, especially the, the main critter, the leader, I mean, he's full grown. He's an adult. How is this not affecting these characters? Like, he, he shoots two of them out, especially the, uh, the younger boy. Uh, of the, the the brother shoots in his neck. I mean, it, this thing is like almost looks like an eight foot long freaking talon sticking out of his neck, man. How is that not affecting him at all? And it is like, and um, I, I will say uh, on a positive thing, definitely positive would be uh, plenty of gore. Love the gore. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the animatronics, the practical effects. Even the, the the makers of the film said that if it was CGI. They would, you know, chance our fans wouldn't like it as much. And I would also agree with them on that. I probably wouldn't like this as much. I still like this film. I like, I do like the, the critters. They look really cool. And uh, I, I always enjoy watching the critters. I love how they uh, move and, and communicate. And uh, I love the big rolling ball of critters. That, that's like the really coolest thing that they do. And, um, but I think... There should have been more communication with uh, the critters in my opinion as well. I think they should have, like the leader should have had, or at least have a, like a, like at least three scenes of these other critters having a little conversation, like in the early films, because that was so cute and funny, and it's yeah. comical too. And this film does bring com- comedy to it, and it's funny too. And um, that, that's just my opinion about. I, I think this, 
if anything, it should have more action sequences. It should have had uh, at least one bounty hunter from the previous films, or at least a bounty hunter. I mean, Leo D. Wallace's character has, like, all this high-tech stuff. Where, where is this all coming from? I, I mean, I would understand if this is a reboot or something, but, like, like she's, like, the only person that has access to all this. What happened to everybody else? <laughs> I know. I know. It, I mean, I'm not too familiar with the older Critter movies, but with this one... Uh, it's, it's a fun movie in my opinion, but it seems, again, I don't know about the other ones, but this one seems kind of like rushed. Like they didn't really, they didn't really develop a story for this one. It's, it's fun. Like I said, the visual, the visual, the cinematography is great. I like the way the critters look, the critters look awesome. But like you're saying with the queen one, like there's not really a purpose or story or anything about it. I feel there should have been at least a small background about her, you know what I mean? Like, I know the one lady finds out that, oh, she's trying to protect the world, this, that, and the third, but it's like, there should have been some sort of a small background of just that, just that in general, and I don't know. It just, <laughs> it had, it, like, it did have its funny parts, like, uh, oh, damn, what the hell was the guy's name? Who was gonna run and get the keys? He's like, I'll be back in, like, two minutes and 37 seconds, and the ball of critters gets yeah. him. <laughs> just, oh, just, yeah, yeah. just little things um, like that. I'm, 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 why does the dude like have those shirts? Like all of a sudden, like um, I'd rather not see some like shirtless guy run around. But I, I do appreciate he got smashed by the, the, the yeah. random ball. Though that was pretty funny. <laughs> and it's just, it's. <laughs> I mean, I know you need you need those for a movie like this. You need those kind of silly parts in it, and it it works for it. But it's just, I don't know, man. Again, they did they did good with the look of the movie. I kind of wish, I like that it has the silliness to it, but I kind of wish it still had a, a little bit of a more darker tone to it. And as far as the Queen one goes, I get they had to make her stand out and look different. I, w- I wish they would have made her look a little scarier, though. Just a little creepy. Yeah, I agree there, too. Uh, she looks too much like a pretty and pink type of a Furby type of deal. I was, I mean, I was thinking the same <laughs> thing, man. You know, she's vicious, but unfortunately, we don't get to really see that viciousness. We just see that off screen. We see the aftermath of what she did. I'm like, I want to see what she's capable of, man. I want to see, does she have a different ability compared to these other critters? Yeah. Like, I got a feeling that she does, but we never got a chance to really see it. We okay. never experienced it. Like, does, can she extend her mouth? like five times bigger than the critters and actually swallow an entire, you know, you know, like an animate object, to, you know, unnormally than what we would see any other critter would do. Yeah. But, I, I mean... mean she's, got, like, she's got a lot of sharp teeth, man. I mean, and, and, like, so back to the language, I don't know if you're not familiar with, like, the first critters, at least. The language, I think, is important, too. I mean, it's funny. It's so funny and cute, and, and you can tell that these and they're like, I'm like, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's it's hilarious. And then like one gets fired by a shotgun, and the other one's like, oh, huh? <laughs> it's yeah, great. yeah. It's it's yeah. Like I said, it's a fun movie. I'm gonna have to go back and revisit the old ones, the originals, and see how see how I feel about those. I might even like them more than this one, but uh, you want to jump into? Let's jump into movie ratings. Um, I try to do like little fun things with the movie ratings. On a scale of one to ten critters, how many critters would you give this movie? Yeah, I'll give it a five out of ten, Bob. 
Five out of ten, uh, because, like I said, uh, I think it lacked on characterization storyline. Because, like, like I said, D. Wallace just comes in, follows the critters, gets her big gun, blows like two or three away. Whoop, that, that, that's it. Okay, and <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you there do a lot more in this, and uh, like the, the female a critter, unfortunately, that missed it, man. I, I thought, I, I can understand, I can totally understand if this is a setup for a sequel or something, maybe something bigger for this, for this entity, but uh, I thought, you know, they should have displayed it, what this, this critter can do, and honestly, I didn't feel any of that. I just felt that half the time she just sat in one spot. Half the time she just sat there looking cute and everything and, and nothing else, and you know, even at the end, she's sitting there. I mean, we see a bunch of bodies. Okay, that would have been great if we saw what she did. You know, well, of course, we get the idea of what she did, but it would have been nice to see the action sequence just tear these little critters up. And we do see her throw a talon at another critter, saving D. Wallace's character. It's like, okay, well, I could have saw a little bit more than that. So, yes, yeah, so I think it should have had more action sequences. I think it seems like this film was basically solely based on the fact that they really enjoyed Critters, like the previous films. And it does feel like a short film, like an actual short film. And even the time frame of the movie feels very short. And basically, if you were to watch this movie, and you actually watch the movie, you can actually sum this movie up in probably like 10 minutes, literally. Yeah, it was. That is one thing I did notice about this film, is it was, it was pretty quick. Like, it was a short film. Um... Fun film, like I said, overall fun. I would probably give it maybe three critters. I'll, this is one of those movies I probably have to rewatch and also go back and watch the originals and see how well it holds up, in my opinion, with it, and like see how well how much I actually like it from you know from then, and maybe my rating will go up, maybe it won't. But yeah, overall, fun movie. Um. I'm going to rewatch it. So, yes, I would rewatch it. And I'm one of those people I always say if I like a movie or not, <laughs> I would say check it out for your for yourself. You know, you you could have a different opinion than I do, which is great. You might love the movie, you might hate the movie, which either way is great, but um yeah, man, would, is this a movie you, that you would recommend for others to watch and would you rewatch this movie? Uh, I definitely would re- recommend people to watch. And, yes, uh, I've, I've actually watched it before we got on here. Uh, it's definitely a rewatchable movie. It's definitely, it does provide some entertainment. And it, unless you're, 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 you're the type that wants to compare from the earlier career films to this film, not really shouldn't really be doing a tremendous amount of comparing. But in terms of, like, the aspect of, of, of what they are and stuff, Sure, but I think, yeah, definitely uh, a rewatchable film. It's not boring. It's not really, uh, it's not a bad film. I just felt that this is, um, I agree, it does feel pretty rushed. It just came out of nowhere, you know? It's like, okay, trailer. And all of a sudden, hey, it's on Blu-ray now. It's like, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) It's like, already? It's like, so, yeah, so uh, it's definitely one of those films. It's a weekend movie, it's what I call it. You can just go rent it, check it out. And, you know, especially if you're a first-timer and seeing what critters are, then that, that may be a positive thing, too. They're like, oh, wow, well, well, that's pretty crazy, crazy. And then you go back and watch the uh, earlier sequels sequel that lead up to four and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun movie to watch as well. It's just that, you know, it's just 
there's some red flags, but I mean, you could like it. You could think it's the greatest movie, but yeah, it's a rewatchable movie. It's it's got you know some fun, and um, I will say the actors, the kid actors, did very well in this movie too. Uh, I was surprised at you know the reactions of how certain things. I mean, um, you know, there was like maybe one or two moments that so they could have done a little. You know, the kid could have been a little bit more scared or more hurt type of you know, mentality, but. Pretty, pretty much, you know, you know, it's definitely uh, a rewatchable movie. I agree with you on all that. And yes, the, the kids really did do a good job with this movie, which it's just, it's one of those things I wouldn't mind seeing them in other things to see what, you know, to see what else they can do. If they, if they make a sequel out of this or make a series out of it, keep them in it. And um, it's cool to see, like, it's cool to see these childhood, these child, not childhood, these child actors in these type of movies. These type of horror movies. That's something I really do enjoy. And I like them I like them getting big roles if it fits. Like for this movie, it fit. Now, yeah, the- I agree with that too. But it's like it, with child actors, I mean I, I I really appreciate the fact that they didn't just throw in some well known, you know, heavy hitter type actors that we've seen in half a dozen films. Like to me, if they were to do that, aside from D Walls, because D Walls was a part of this saga to begin with, which is great. So that's, you know, that's not a part of this. But yeah. let's say that, you know, they uh, put a well-known, you know, a couple actors in there. It's like, oh, you know, let's say they stuck like Bruce Willis or something in there, then it wouldn't feel like a Curtis movie. It just feel like you're trying to market it off as trying to get more more sales and stuff like that. But I'm glad that they, because the kids, I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with their work. I've not really seen these actors uh, in, in films or at least in trailers from what I've come across. So... Yeah, it's a nice, a nice uh, aspect of seeing these child actors, what, how they experience things. And, and, and sometimes some of these kids actually stated that, you know, they're terrified of these uh, critters from because they're animatronic and, and practical effect type of deal. And, you know, the, 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 that kind of mentality is like, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, with the child actors uh, and, and other actors in this movie, I like the fact they're not exactly, at least to me, um, I'm not familiar with their work. So I think that's great. That's also a positive thing about this movie, too. It's like, you know, you, you can check out the rest of their work, what, what else they're going to be involved in. So that, I think it also helps them out as well. I agree. I definitely agree with you on that. Now, um, are you, uh, what did you feel? I don't, I'm not even going to get into, like, a discussion of it. Or a breakdown of it, really. I just want to get your opinion on. But what did you feel about Stranger Things season three, or did you watch it? Uh, I'm normally open to everything, man. Um, so that's another thing. With seasons, it's usually um, an up and down type of moment because I'm all about characterization. I'm, I'm always following you know, where the characters are going to go. Or, or you know, sometimes they do slim down. Sometimes it becomes stale. But uh, I'm usually open to to anything. And um, so far, so good, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't have anything like really tremendously negative to say. As long as, as long as they keep the characterization interesting in, in its own way, like where the characters are going, or if they're going to have to kill them off, okay, then it's got to be a, a bigger impact of how they got killed or where they're going and so forth. Yeah, yeah, because I know they're I know they're doing one more season. They say they're doing season four is going to be supposed to be the last season. And me personally, I enjoyed. Like some people say, season two fell off. It was, it wasn't that great of a season. Me, I enjoyed all three seasons. It's something I'll have to go again. It's something I have to go back and revisit because I haven't seen season two since season two came out. So one of these days, I'm gonna. Actually, my wife and I were gonna watch. You know, all three seasons. Right now, we're in. Um, 
Right now we're watching American Horror Story. We just started that started that over yesterday. I only watched like the very first season full through, and I believe like Roanoke full through. The rest of the seasons, I didn't watch every single one of them, but I watched like bits and pieces of a few of them. But now we're gonna start from that one and just go through it, because I know they're doing an eighth season, which is a slasher season, which I, I'm excited for. Which I'm not gonna like watch all these up just to watch the slasher. I'm gonna watch the slasher as I'm going through the series, which I believe it's out in a month, if I'm not mistaken. Now, are you a fan of that? Uh, I, man, American Horror, like American Horror Story. Uh, I when it first started, uh, I did. And then uh, when I didn't have um, uh, actual cable and stuff, uh, I I don't have cable or nothing like that, so I don't really have access specifically to watch the rest of the season unless it comes out on DVD, of course. Which I have not. I've been I've been, I had a huge fallout from the season. I mean, I saw the earlier season, but that's as far as I went, unfortunately. But I have seen like bits and pieces. Well, on the internet, from what I can see, but uh, not to a point where I can understand what was going on. So I'd have to actually go all the way back to see it. So it's like it's really hard for me to uh, to to stay on the season because it sucks because I always miss them, especially like The Walking Dead. Yes, I know everybody. The Walking Dead has had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of downs from a lot of people are talking about. But I love The Walking Dead because I love the how where these characters are going, where. Um, you know, how they're going to, like, treat a situation. Like, there's a lot of very, very difficult decisions in The Walking Dead. And mm -hmm. I wasn't really, you know, other people like, oh, I can't really do that. I can't really kill off. I was like, well, also, I, I agree with some of the people that are talking about uh, The Walking Dead. But at the same time, you know, it's like, I'm all, again, it's about characterization and where, uh, what, what this, person is going to be doing next are they going to turn rogue are they going to uh just be straight evil are they you know, just like what, what are they going to do next i mean it's, it's zombie apocalypse and you know you, you think it couldn't possibly get any worse than that than having to battle humans too and, and all those other aspects of things but i like with that like i, I love as you can tell I, I love the walking dead i still do but I, I'm like I'm like two seasons behind on that, unfortunately, because um, I, like I said, I have no access to that, so I can't actually just watch it, and I don't have actual real internet, so I can't just go out and get it. But uh, from what I've seen and, and characters, you know, from the latest ones, um, it, looks, it looks pretty impactful. But um, yeah, my opinion is with with that is uh, yeah, at some point it's going to have to end, man. It's like with all these other ones; you can't just keep dragging it on and dragging it on and dragging it on. It's just going to get so boring. It's the same thing with Stranger Things, same thing with American Horror Story. I mean, you, the, with that with American Horror Story, you can you can still play with that one. You can still keep going with that one a little oh, bit longer definitely. without having to make it you know seem pretty pretty dull or pretty repetitive. That's my opinion on that. But it, like the Walking Dead type type of stuff or Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, honestly, those are the types that I think. Um, well, I think either focus on Fear of the, well, Fear of the Walking Dead and in The Walking Dead, or, you know, figure an actual more more extensive plot for, for one of the other characters. Otherwise, because half of them are getting killed off anyway, you know, and then half mm -hmm. these actors are already leaving from the main cast in that show anyway, so really this is the best time to do it instead of continuing to stretch it further and further. But again, it's about the network thing. They, they like it, they're going to keep going, despite on ratings of how low it is. Yeah, man. Um, see, Walking Dead, I lost interest in that maybe around season four or five. 
I do see why a lot of people still like it and still watch it. A lot of people just want to see what happens, how it ends, and all that good stuff, which I, I get that. I respect that. American Horror Story, again, I didn't get to really watch every single season. I just So I'm doing that now. First season, though, I, lo- I remember loving that season. And I just, man, I'm just so excited about all this horror we have on the horizon. I'm so excited about all the new horror stuff that comes out, all the fans with their movies, the fan-made films, and just... I'm glad it's finally getting the respect it deserves. And I will... I guess we can end it on, man. I really, really appreciate you coming on this show. Um, we're going we're gonna to have to do it again sometime. And thanks again for coming on. Is there any shout-outs you want to do or any plugs you want to do before we wrap it up? Um, not exactly. I mean, you can go check out my show called The Movie Raid. And uh, I'm on Facebook as well. And you can just try to find my name in there as well if you, if you like whichever you want. Um, like I said, I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube, The Movie Raid. And talk it all in one word. You'll, you'll see my logo. And if you like what you hear, just hit subscribe and um, go from there. And I'm also on Vimeo. I don't have all my interviews up there yet. I, I still got to pick like a day because there's like over 120 interviews I got. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Like, get them all up there. But <laughs> there's only a couple on Vimeo, unfortunately. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm periodically adding one or two up there as I go. But all the interviews are up on YouTube. And um, big shout out to Caroline DeGrave, awesome lady. Um, great actress, and you know, yeah, she's doing. I, I'm, I'm just shouting this out because uh, she's she's been supporting both shows. So, and um, you know, she's got the she's producer and actor in a movie called The Butcher with mm-hmm. Michael Masatos. I'm sorry if I screwed up your last name, buddy. Um, both of them been on my show. Really great people, and so check out The Butcher. Check out Caroline DeGrave. So yeah, that's my shout out for that. Awesome man, awesome, and just um. Don't don't go any like I'm gonna wrap it up real quick. I'm gonna do my my outro, but don't just stay put though for just a couple more minutes of your time. <laughs> I got all day, man. I got all day. I don't have to work till tonight. All right, man. But yeah, so again, I just want to thank you for coming on, and then to all my listeners, definitely go check out his interviews on the Movie Raid on YouTube. I did post it in the the group. I tagged him and posted it in the group that we were recording. So definitely check out his YouTube page. He has some awesome interviews, and he said he has a lot more to put up there. As you know. I'm on, uh, I'll tell you, my network's really quick. You know what networks I'm on if, if you listen to me, but somehow if you forgot, Horror with Sir Sturdy, I'm on iHeartRadio, I'm on Podbean, iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, Radio Republic, Player FM, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, and any other platform you can listen to podcasts on. You can check me out on Twitch when I get on there. It's Horror underscore with underscore sir underscore sturdy um my psn if you're a gamer which i gotta update my thing again you know the playstation card again but sir underscore sturdy my facebook page and my facebook group are both horror with sir sturdy the facebook group feel free to to promote anything horror related post anything horror related that's for the facebook group the facebook page is more for my podcast i do want you guys to like that though but that's more for like my podcast my announcements videos this that and the third so please check that out and yeah man just keep listening to horror keep supporting horror watch all these indie horror films check them all out and on that note i'm gonna end it and uh as always i'll see you in your night